Welcome to Nine Bob Note with Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Good evening and welcome to Nine Bob Note, the rainbow coloured podcast <laughs> spreading <laughs> spreading love throughout the world. My name is Paul Isles Rush. And I'm Ken Moss. Hi Ken. Hello there. This week, I think it's your turn to tell us what we're talking about. So what's on the agenda tonight? Gay actors. I'd like to take a good, hard, long look. Nice. I've done that many times myself. Well, this is something, (laughs) possibly a different perspective on this side of the sofa. This stems from a comment that Russell T. Davis made recently. It was following It's a Sin, which you've seen that all the way through, so have I. Yeah. It is an excellent series. We might come on to it at some other time. But Russell T. Davis is, I think it's fair to say, a television god. He has honed his craft over 30 years. He is no stranger to television. He is just one of those people that's going to go down in history as a legend. He has, however, said the only thing after It's a Sin that I've ever disagreed with in that gay roles should only be played by gay actors. I really, really disagree with this. My view of actors is you're either up to the job or you're not. You're sort of movable scenery, really. I don't think it's letting too many worms out of the can to say that acting is a fairly gay profession and has always been known as such. Yes. But I don't think you'd need to be gay or you need to be straight to play either of those parts. So to say that only gay actors should play gay roles, you would never, ever dream of saying that for anything else. No. And this, this is something that we have spoken about before. There is no other job where you would go for an interview and the uh, the person interviewing you would say, hey, very nice, you know, thanks for all that about your work experience. Can you tell me... Uh, whether you prefer sleeping with men or women, <laughs> you'd be it, it, there'd be an outrage, and it's exactly the same thing. Like you say, it's acting. You're pretending to be someone, and is, if you are a good actor, you can pretend to be in love with whoever it is. I mean, look at Star Trek. <laughs> There's relationships between humans and aliens. Mm-hmm. Do we exclusively uh, get people who have only? who only sleep with aliens to play those roles. Or who are aliens to play the alien roles. Uh, Well, Sulu in the Star Trek universe has a daughter. George Takei doesn't have a daughter. To the best of my knowledge, (laughs) he he may be a little bit on the gay spectrum. Uh, Yes, Mm. I do think he is one of us. But it's a sin. There's a character in that called Jill, a fairly prominent... I mean, I would go so far as to say she's really the anchor of the whole thing. Yeah. She's played by a splendid black actress, and it was only afterwards I was reading into the history of the thing because it's sort of it's semi-autobiographical, or, mm. or it's, it's based on his experiences in 19, in the nineteen eighties. This Jill is a real person. Yes, she isn't black. No, the real Jill is actually in It's a Sin. Oh, she is. She's somebody's she plays mom, isn't she? Mom, yeah. yeah, but she was fantastic. She played the part fantastically. The colour of her skin wasn't the colour of the skin of the character she was playing, but she still did a gripping performance. And you felt for this character and you invested in this character. So just because she's not white, does that mean that she was she should have been excluded from that role in just the same way that straight people should have been excluded from gay roles? 
Yeah, it's, it's just a really silly thing. And one of the arguments that Russell T. Davies used was that because obviously we, the, the, there's the counter argument, which is, well, if, if only gay men can play gay roles, then gay men shouldn't be allowed to play straight roles. And so Russell T. Davies uh, was arguing that that, uh, well, that's always been the case. Gay actors have always been up underrepresented. But as what? you said, that's just not true. All actors are a bit gay. And <laughs> a lot of them, I mean, going back to your Rock Hudson. Rock Hudson is the, the defining moment. Yeah, and he, I don't think he played any gay roles at the time. He played against type. I mean, obviously at the time, he was also playing the role of a straight man in real life. Mm. So he had some experience of it. I think you might be wrong there, though. Who can forget the 1954 version of Brokeback Mountain? (laughs) (laughs) A classic. Uh, A lovely, a a lovely sweeping love story. But that, again, you've nailed that down. Gay, straight, or otherwise, you know what it feels like to be in love. You know what a relationship feels like. Just because you don't happen to be cast in a part where you're portrayed being in love with someone of the same sex or a different sex, you still know how it feels. You still know how those emotions feel. As an actor, you should be able to portray them. That is your job. Yes, that's it. I would also argue that, say, if I was an actor, for example, and I was the lead in a love story... Would my husband feel more comfortable knowing that the love story was between me and a woman where who where there is clearly never going mm. to be any actual real life thing or with a man who you know maybe is someone who I'd find really attractive I'm not saying that I would therefore automatically yes. <laughs> but yes. oh you're just reinforcing the stereotype <laughs> that all gay men are promiscuous <laughs> but it's it is. It's just silly. It's a job. And if you're good at your job, then do it. And the one area where I would say that where we need to be a bit more careful about it is when you're talking about transgender roles mm. and also to to an extent disabled people. Yes. And it must be very hard for a transgender person to get a job as an actor and similarly for a disabled person. So if you are in a wheelchair, you can go along to as many auditions as you like. And although, you know, 21st century, it shouldn't be an issue. Unless the character is in a wheelchair, you're not going to get that role. But might make it a touch awkward if it's an action sequence. <laughs> so the disabled thing, I, I think, is quite sensible that really, to be fair about this you really should be casting somebody disabled in a disabled role that i do sort of get you're in a very very sort of minority screen role there that's a different kettle of fish but getting back ironically the thing that shocked me most was now bear in mind i've not seen queerest folk since it was first on but i remember being utterly stunned at the time that uh in fact I, i don't know whether all of them were straight but certainly aiden gillen he portrayed that with absolute... It was convincing. Yeah. And I remember one scene in my mind's eye where he's on camera rimming another actor. Yeah. You think, well, surely a straight actor would have never agreed to that. Wrong. He's married with kids. And, yeah. But he was convincing. So if he's convincing, does it matter whether he's gay or not? I really don't think it does. No. I think it's... Very silly, and it, it's in danger of making a big deal out of nothing. I kind of, well, no, 
I didn't understand Russell T. Davis's point <laughs> at all. But he, he said when he made It's a Sin, he was going to make sure that all of the gay characters were played by gay actors. Mm. Fine, good yep. for you. That still involves an audition process where you ask the actors who turn up what their sexual orientation is, and that would not be acceptable in any other place of employment. Mm. Yeah. I mean, if that's what a production wants to do uh, as an isolated case, that's your own lookout as a production and a production company. But to start doing that across the board, you well, you're not drifting into, you are into the realms of positive discrimination, which however you dress it up is discrimination. You are doing exactly what you're railing against. Yeah. It's just as bad. Yeah. You can't say this role is only going to be offered to gay men without saying this straight role, for example, Jill, who we we think might be straight, can only be played by a straight woman. Mm. And then that's discrimination. Yeah. You can't you can't insist that I'm straight to have this job. But it seems to be fine the other way around. It's double standards, which sadly we are quite good at in the uh, LGBT community. <laughs> Oh, let's tone it down a bit. It's time for Screening Queens. Now, I do actually have one this week. Woo. Yes. On the theme, I am a big fan of a comedy series from the 90s that some remember and some don't, called The Thin Blue Line. <laughs> and in this, it's a Rowan Atkinson thing, and in this, there is a, a police officer played by James Dreyfus, who, now bear in mind, there are dark corners of the gay world that I am not entirely familiar with. I understand there's been some contention with James Dreyfus which I don't fully understand, so I'm not even going to pretend that one. But he played this character. He was a very, very effete police officer, but who was completely straight. Yeah. Played by a gay man <laughs> camping it up. Now, that wasn't very convincing to me. It, it, it didn't convince me as an audience that he... Because uh, he was lusting after Mina Anwar's character, who... Uh, a beautiful actress from Accrington, in fact, a, few, oh. yeah, a couple of miles down the road. So the series as a whole, I would heartily recommend. It's really good. Rowan Atkinson is just brilliant all the way through. The ensemble and cast's really good all the way through. But uh, the reason I've included it is because that one example, I thought, actually, you could have done to cast somebody straight in that. <laughs> or somebody less effeminate. Somebody less James Dreyfus. <laughs> 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 so are you familiar with that one? Yes, I I remember watching it back in the day and I do know exactly what he's talking about. <laughs> it was almost like a, a joke, but not meant to be a joke, which is weird in the comedy uh, context. But yeah, yeah, it, just, it didn't really work. No, it did. that one character just didn't really work. Cause you, like you say, you couldn't really tell whether he was supposed to be like that or whether the actor was just playing it. <laughs> like, anyway, I don't know. Sod it. Let's get the feather bower out. Now, this is where we decide, feather or not, the topic of the week is a really serious subject for the wider world, or it's a bit of fluff. I think on this one, it's it's one of those where it's going to keep rearing its ugly mm. head, and there's going to be points on both sides, but the ones that are on the opposite side from what we have agreed on tonight are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so... So the debate is closed. Uh, so I think in terms of is this going to change the world, I would hope not. Let's be sensible about it and let's give it two feather bowers. 
Two? Oh, yeah. right. Now, I'm, you see... I'm keeping it optimistic. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm slightly more pessimistic. I think that this is going to be... Um, just because of the, I've got to say, positive ripples towards this. I've I've seen, bear in mind, I've only seen them on the Bird app. Yep. So that's not representative of normal people. I've just got a horrible feeling that this sort of positive discrimination is just going to keep rippling on and on and on to the point where it's going to be really difficult for actors in general. Far more, even it's difficult enough now. But I'm going to give this a four Ooh. because, not because of this specific point about gay actors playing gay roles, but positive discrimination within casting decisions is going to narrow things down incredibly in the future. And I don't think that's a great thing. Fair enough. That's about as serious as we've got. It, so was, it was. We got quite deep. Yes. Fortunately, we had the thin blue line to drag us back. Yeah, well, <laughs> mm, yes. So. We'll be back next week with something a bit more lighthearted. Um, the gender fluidity of Mr. Potato Head, probably. That, that should uh, counterbalance <laughs> things. But thank you very much for listening, everyone. Hope you've enjoyed it. We'll be back next week. Goodbye. Nine Bob Node featured Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Title music was by Mark Scheiman, and the programme was produced by Maverick Productions. For more information, please visit maverickproductionsuk.blogspot.com or find us on social media.